so uh, we are doing a double recording today, so to speak, uh, because now that we changed the channel and uh, we are both uh, Autumn and I running it, we also have the possibility to actually have some videos in between. We probably do this like once a month, where both of us are actually on the video and we will do some um, covering some topics that, that we will discuss to hopefully um, make it very beneficial for you. And today we decided decided to talk about email lists. Uh, email lists are very important um, and we want to cover the basics of it today. Uh, in two weeks from now we will do another session where we'll talk about how to grow your email list but today we want to focus a bit more on why is it important and also if you want to if you're starting out and are going to set up an email list what sort of service providers exists and who should you use what are good and bad about each one of them and so forth so that's sort of what we want to cover today, isn't that right, Autumn? That is. That's definitely where we want to start with, is just the basics of even like what an email list is and the, what's out there, why you even should be worrying about this. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, before we get going, I, I have to remember also to uh, to just mention that uh, we got um, Mark Jones. Uh, I need to do a shout out to Mark Jones because he became a, one of our supporters on Patreon, which we are very happy about. And uh, of course, if one of you guys also would like to check out Patreon, the link is in the description field below. But I just want to show you some of the other, uh, awesome stuff we have available. You can get all that. Look at this t-shirt. This is pretty cool. I'll fill up the entire table for you. Look at that. That's pretty cool. So uh, yeah, that's the, some of the stuff that you can get your hands on if you, if you go to Patreon. So uh, we just wanted to mention that in case you want to check that out. But OK, email list. Um, so maybe we need to start completely basic here. So what is an email list? Do you want to well, that's like, take that? Yeah, that's so it's like when you just like go and spam all your friends, right? Uh, <laughs> we need to aim higher than that. So an email list is when you manage to get a list of emails, obviously, of people who are interested in your writing and your books. And there are so many different ways of keeping those. I mean, the most basic is literally having a list of people that you um, can copy right into your email or even friends on Facebook. Technically, you know, you can go, if you have a whole bunch of readers who follow you on Facebook, you can instant message those, and those are technically an email list. But at its basic level, it is a whole bunch of people who are interested in your writing, and so they're the people you want to tell when you have a new book released, or things like that. Things that you want to spread the world word about, about what you're up to. Yeah, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm actually getting into a bit of why the email list is important as well here. But, but the thing is, uh, when you have readers who, are, who have read your books already and then you are releasing a new book, obviously you want, would like those readers to know about it. And then the email list is, of course, one of the mechanisms whereby you can make sure that they are aware of it. Uh, obviously, I guess one could argue, well, doesn't uh, Amazon send out a notice to people? when I release a new book, and yeah, they, they do sometimes, uh, but it's not in your control, and that's the difference here. So you, you cannot control what Amazon sends or don't send. It could also be that um, Amazon changes their policy all of a sudden, say, well, no, we're not going to send those emails unless something, I don't know, unless you sold a certain volume or whatever, who knows? Uh, you don't know what Amazon is going to do tomorrow. 
so having the email list in your control means that you control when you communicate and what you communicate and that's really the power of it I agree and especially if you're wider than Amazon then how do your readers in Barnes and Noble know that you're publishing something or BookBub does have a way of uh, notifying if you're releasing a new book but again it's all us and the author to go and make sure that we tell them and so it's all these steps and when you're in the chaos of releasing a book sometimes it's hard to remember oh did I go to BookBub did I let these people know did I notify people here where it's your email list it's one place easy to let go you know you 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 can say what you want to say to the people you can formulate how you want to say things you can if you decide to offer a coupon or exclusive deal hey there's gonna be a 12-hour flash sale you can let your email list know and it's information that you can't send out through Amazon or you know tomorrow if Facebook crashes and burns you know it's not something that you have to worry about because you have those lists you know these people are waiting to hear from you and that is an incredibly powerful reason of why you would like to have an email list that's in your control instead of I guess for said it's instead of waiting for Amazon to do it for you and hoping to do it at the right time and when you want it say what you want them to say for all you know it helps to be able to have that email saying hey you were a fan of this other series or comparing it to something else a way to set it up so that the audience goes oh right I did love your book now I remember yes I want the new one instead of getting this email from Amazon that they might not even open and they're just gonna delete yeah indeed and, and I, I think let's say adding on to that uh, one of the things that that having an email list allows you to do is that you can actually build the relationship with these people. So, um, of course, we're going to come back to how to grow the email list and all that uh, in two weeks' time. But, but the fact that you can communicate with people, you know, and you should really be writing emails to, to these people on the list as if you are writing to a friend. Uh, it should not be like a formal Amazon announcement kind of email, you know, uh, but write, write as if you're communicating with your friends. And, and what happens is that you actually start building a relationship. I, I get emails all the time from, from people on the list who tell me all kinds of stuff from their private life. And I love it. it it's amazing. You know, that sort of stuff you will never get. Um, and even, even if you could get a hold of the information uh, on who is actually buying your books on Amazon, which of course Amazon will never ever share that information with you, but even if you could, um, you don't have that possibility to build relationships with a customer of an, an online platform like you can when they're actually on your email list. So I think that's incredibly important. But readers are overwhelmed with emails and I don't think that an email list is that important. That's true, old grumpy, our little, I'm glad you decided to drop in and voice your concerns, our little resident AI co-host that you are. Yeah, there are a lot of emails out there, and I guess that is a challenge, but that's why you build this relationship with the readers. They're interested in your books, they're looking forward to the next book, and that's why you want to start talking to them about how work is going, your progress. We'll talk more about like what you put in those emails eventually, but these are people who are signing up to hear from you, and therefore they're going to want to stay in touch. It's just like having a pen pal. You kind of look forward to them every single month. The other part of it is also that, you know, when people buy something, we all, as human beings, we buy from people that we like and trust. That I mean, obviously, if you 
if if you just heard about a new uh, what do I know <laughs> Brandon Sanderson book coming out people will flock to it and they will buy for sure because uh, he has his name uh, he's settled in the market and, and people will buy his books but uh, unless you're some superstar like that or Stephen King or whatever then um, people won't just buy your books just because you released them uh, like those superstar stars uh, have that benefit that the rest of us don't uh, so instead what people will do is that if they like somebody if they trust somebody then they will buy the products of that person and in our case as authors that's again where the um, email list will help in selling more books because as you build this relationship with people, we just talked about how, how you should email them as if they were your friends and, and Autumn just mentioned uh, uh, pen pals uh, there. You know, if, if that's sort of the method, methodology you're using, then over time people will uh, start to, to like and trust you and then they will also buy from you. Obviously no, not everybody will, uh, of course, but they will unsubscribe, so we don't care about them <laughs> anyway. Uh, but those who stay will stay because they want to hear from you. And then they will also over time start buying um, start, start buying books. But I, I think probably, Autumn, I think it's probably fair if we also make it clear that it's not like because you start an email list today, then uh, in four, five, six months when you release a book, you're going to earn uh, thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, that, that's not how it works either. It, it takes time, you know. It's just like building relationships in real life. It just doesn't happen out of the blue. It takes time. One reader at a time, one guy on, or, or, or woman on the list at a time. And then they'll start getting your emails and um, I don't know, should we maybe mention the, the big mistake of not putting out, up an autoresponder series here? Would that make sense? Yes, I think so. Yeah, because basically I'm once they get on your list um, and then because that eases us into talking about what sort of service providers are available for you, but these different service providers that we can come onto in a second. Um, they allow you to set up autoresponders and basically in principle what an autoresponder is is that um, you can set up some rules saying okay so if you sign up for my list today then tomorrow this particular email will be sent to that um, person and and of course you then pre-design these emails in your series of autoresponders and maybe we maybe we can make that a topic for another day uh, on, on, on an entire autoresponder series but Autumn and I do a lot of them on different lists um, and, and you can build it as complex or as simple as you want, but, but the fact that uh, an automatic email goes out helps in the way that people are actually hearing from you. So it, it's not uh, on you to, uh, you know, if, if you were either to send an email every time somebody signs up, you're going to kill yourself in writing emails every day. Um, and, but, uh, or the alternative is, and I think this is the mistake that I wanted to mention, the alternative is that many people don't. So, so they don't just don't set anything up. It's okay. So they have this list, and then over time, people start getting afraid that oh, but what if I sent them an email now? Now it's been too long, and then they probably will unsubscribe when they get my email because they don't they don't even know who I am anymore. And they so you see that that's that's a vicious circle, and you don't want to get there. So make sure you set up autoresponders um, so that they go out with, and then uh, with a frequent basis with a certain interval. And when you do so, you also only maybe have to sit down once a month and figure out how to write some emails. But of course, keep them evergreen because they will go out over time uh, as time goes by as well. So it doesn't really make much sense if you write a, an autoresponder email about a book you just released because that will be out of date pretty fast. 
but uh, but you can of course send out like a, a newsletter email once a month manually and there you can tell them about something that is timely and and that is happening right now but the stuff you add into the autoresponders you need to make sure that those things are evergreen if that makes sense did i miss something there autumn no, I think that's good. I just actually want to back up really quickly because we were talking about um, the power of them. And so, yes, I agree that it does take time to build up an email list that's uh, going to, you know, go and buy your book so that you'll see that significant bump. But the thing is, they will get there. A lot of the times you, know, you see these authors who really have a new release and they're in the number one new release category or they're getting bestseller categories. They are doing that through the power of their newsletters, as well as doing newsletter swaps, which is something else we'll talk about later. That's it's not actually selling your email list. Never sell your list of subscribers. You don't want to be labeled as a spammer. But once you actually get that motivated group of readers who are connecting with you, that are with you, you know, you're sending out an email saying, hey, you know, I'm working on this book. It's going to be coming out. They're getting really excited. They're excited with you. And then when you release, they go and buy it during that week and you shoot up the Amazon rankings. This is how people are doing it. This is how those authors are getting those little bright orange tags of bestsellers and number one new releases. And that's the power of an email list. But again, it doesn't happen overnight. It does take time. And yes, we're completely right. Um, I'm sure McGrubby will want to chime in about that one, but they... It doesn't have to be a ton of work. That's where the, the power of an autoresponder and using a platform, like I said, you could start a list by emailing them from your own email account. There's a lot of reasons to do that. Uh, a lot of it is you, your own email could be labeled as spam, um, which would really kind of impact the rest of your life if you couldn't send emails through your own email account. And that's why we recommend using one of the providers we're going to talk to in a, about in a minute but also because all of them provide the power of using an autoresponder so that when someone signs up, they can start information about your books, some evergreen information that you can then stop when it's time to like get into launch mode and start talking about your latest release. There's a lot of tricks and tips that we can go over with that, but I think the important thing is we need to definitely delve into who are these providers and why would you choose one and what are the things to look for when you're choosing somebody. Yeah, it's probably good to get into all that uh, now uh, in terms of what are what your options are. Uh, but before I just say, I just want to make, make like one thing completely clear. If you have not started your email list, go get get it done now. I mean, you cannot Definitely. build an author business without a email list. That's the end of the story. So go get it get done now. And we're now going to tell you how you can do it, you know, what sort of uh, providers exist out there. Uh, and we have not used all, I have some on my list here that I wanted to cover today. Uh, we have not used all of them uh, that I have on my list at least uh, either. So, um, but we have used several of them. So we will give you like a, our view on pros and cons of each one um, that we have used ourselves. And then the other ones, uh, I, I can give a general reflection on some of the other ones that we have not used. But obviously, if you are interested in, in one of those, you might want to do some research or whatever yourself. But uh, at least we'll give you everything we can here in terms of what we know. And uh, maybe you want to start. Uh, autumn with the one that I hate the most <laughs> and then you probably know which one I'm talking about. Mailchimp. Yeah, yeah. 
MailChimp is one of the number one, if you're Googling, you'll find it as one of the number ones uh, list building service providers that uh, people use. And there's a lot of reasons for that. One is that it is incredibly powerful. If you're going to be using, I always look at it as if you're going to use um, an online store, like you're going to sell a whole bunch of products, there are some amazing analytics that you can delve into. But one of the key reasons that I signed up, a lot of people signed up, is that it is free for up to 2,000 emails. And you can send to those 2,000 emails as many times as you want in a month. So 2,000 free emails is pretty good. So I, I know some authors who have actually, who are really broke and they've signed up um, for MailChimp under different email addresses, which I totally don't recommend, but that way they could hit 2,000 and then go hit another 2,000. And it, it's quite nice that way. Uh, it, it's a great way to get started. However, once you get going, because it is so powerful, it tends to get expensive very quickly. And it does have autoresponders. When I first signed up, the automations were not available for free accounts. And it also has landing pages now, which uh, so when people go and want to sign up for something, uh, originally it didn't have a landing page, but now you can actually build that within MailChimp as well. So there's some things that have opened up since I've originally joined that I do make, think make it a little more useful. So I love the fact that automations are now free. You used to have to move to a paid account. So there's a lot there. It's um, You can talk about why you don't like it, but I can say it's, it's so powerful that it's cumbersome. And that is my biggest drawback, is that there's all these analytics and tools that I'm not using at all. And you're paying for them. And so you could question is, is there cheaper routes? But you should definitely say what, um, because we ha now have a shared MailChimp account, so you, you've been inside of it and you can say what you find annoying about them. <laughs> well, yeah, sure, I, I can do that for sure. Uh, but maybe just before going there, I also want to say, you know, just because I don't like MailChimp, I, I would probably still say that if you're just starting out, and um, you're maybe a bit on a budget, I probably would still say go ahead with and start out with MailChimp because as Autumn just said, it gives you 2,000 subscribers for, for free, which is very good and um, and that's a good starting point. So I, I, would, I would probably still advise you to start there. Um, but the thing, well, first of all, the thing is that um, when you have the same subscriber on two different lists inside MailChimp, and when you get to the paid level, I mean, once you're above 2,000 users, they will charge, charge you twice for the same subscriber on two different lists, which I think it's a bit of a scam, almost, I would say. I, I just don't <laughs> think it's okay, to be honest. It's, it's not okay. But that's what they do. Um, it's on the higher tiers, it also, also starts getting fairly expensive. And I guess that's because they need to catch up with some of the money they lost on the first 2,000. Uh, so they, they charge more for people who have the, the say, higher volume of, um, of subscribers. But maybe the ones, one that pains me the most, the thing that annoys me the most is that it's, it's not as, as easy to manage the different sort of automation rules and all that stuff. It requires a bit of a getting used to and it's not intuitive on how you set up the different automations between different lists and all that. You know, Autumn and I are running quite a number of lists. So we have quite some automation between different. I mean, if, if you, again, if you're just starting out and it's completely basic, then it's fine. 
but as as you start building more it uh, it's 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 a bit complicated and maybe that's why I want to push over into the other vendor uh, probably the competitor a main competitor or one of them MailChimp which is ConvertKit which we also use um, but ConvertKit is a million times easier when it comes to um, automation it's very very easy to use they have drop and drag functionality so it's so easy to set it up uh, they do not charge you for the same subscriber no matter how many how many times that people <laughs> is on different lists uh, inside ConvertKit so they don't do that either um, the downside of course is that uh, ConvertKit is more expensive uh, you have to pay for, for, for it from subscriber number one you pay from day one um, that's the downside uh, but it is uh, it is quite powerful uh, they also have the ability to create landing pages for you, which you can host on the ConvertKit platform. So you don't even have to have your own website for it, uh, which something we'll come back to when we're talking about list building in, in two weeks' time, why you need landing pages and that sort of thing. Um, they actually also allow you to do A-B testing on the emails themselves. So when you send out an, when you send out an email, you can write in two headlines. And then ConvertKit will send out the email to 50% of your list. Oh, sorry, 15% of your list. And then they will track which ones are getting the most opens. And then when they know out of those 15% who, which headline on the email or the subject line opens the most, then they will send for the last 85% uh, will then receive the, the winner of the two. So that's very smart. And uh, that happens completely automatically. You just write in the two subject lines when you start and then press send and then convert takes, kit takes care of the rest. So it's, I really like it. And that's why also I have a labored and, and lobbied uh, autumn to, to get us to, to move our MailChimp stuff over into ConvertKit. So that's something we'll do in the future. I'm looking forward to it because it does sound powerful. I know MailChimp does have um, A-B split testing as well, but I have not looked into it as much, and I'm not sure how those features work compared to ConvertKit. And part of that, again, is because MailChimp is so cumbersome, and I've read the help sheets for you know time and time again, trying to understand different nuances. And it's confusing. It is really confusing. So I just never got there. In fact, MailChimp was expensive enough and confusing enough that I actually moved my personal readers, my emails for my books, over to a different platform, and that is MailerLite. And that's definitely what I want to talk a little bit about, because for most authors, I think MailerLite has exactly what you need. A ConvertKit, where it is amazingly powerful, but it starts as a little expensive. MailerLite is about half the price of MailChimp. So where MailChimp, I was paying, I think I have over 10,000 subscribers now, and I was paying 60, 80, 100 bucks a month for that many subscribers. In MailerLite, I'm paying $35 a month. I mean, that's cheap. And it is free for the first 1,000 subscribers, so it's less than MailChimp, but then you're only paying $10 a month. I mean, it starts off very cheaply. And like ConvertKit, it has a drag and drop editor. It is so easy to build the automations. Um, you only pay for email once on your list, though I did finally find a downside to that. If someone comes back and signs up for a new book or a giveaway I'm running, and I add them into my list, um, you know, a new giveaway list, 
it'll tell me I can't send to them if they've already unsubscribed. So I was like, well, that's not very fair. Just because they unsubscribed in one other list doesn't mean I still can't email them if they're a winner of this giveaway. So I, I might have to send them a question about how that works. But I will say it, they had some code errors and some things that drove me crazy when I first started with them. I was ready to go back to MailChimp. But the year I've been with them, they've been working really hard to create a better drag and drop editor. They've opened up to surveys and polls are now right buried into the email. So if you want to say, hey, readers, do you like this title better? Do you want me to release in this month or that month or anything like that? You can now have those polls directly in uh, your emails. And again, you're paying for half the points, half the cost of MailChimp. And I'm not even sure MailChimp, I think they do surveys, but again, it's really difficult to code them. Mail or light, it's like choose, boom, 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 add your settings, and you're done. It's really easy. So I think as, a, as far as my author platform goes, I've been really happy with the recent developments, developments in Light, and would actually recommend them for the cost and the power. Their landing pages are very powerful. They actually have one that's set up for selling eBooks. So it's a drag and drop template you put in your books, you put in your information, um, and you're done. So you also don't need your own author website, or you can just link to it if you need to, or embed it if you're really good at coding. Yeah, yeah. One, one, one concern I wanted to mention, which of course, depending on when you watch this video, it might might not be applicable anymore. But uh, but I I did see like what is it over the last. Three, four months or something. MailerLite had a server issue at some uh, some point recently, where back to, actually their their own server was blacklisted as a spam server, which is extremely bad. If you are in the business of email marketing and your server is marked as spam, you have a huge problem, and you you have done something very very wrong if that happens. So at least to me that that's a red flag, and I'm a bit concerned about that. On the positive, I would say that they were open about it. They communicated openly about it, that they, that they had made some mistakes. So I think that's positive that they were open about it. But it raises some red flags for me, to be honest. It did. I don't. I do think that um, a lot of it was they were a little too lenient, and some people were abusing the system. It doesn't take too many mistargeted emails um, and readers getting them complaining that they're spam for uh, for something like that to happen. Um, they did let people know that there was something going on, um, but they also said it was about a month window that they said your emails might not be reaching people if you are doing something right now. If you're sending out an email, it might not be reading, reaching the readers. So that's an important thing to know. Uh, two, I, I had two more on my list. I don't know. Was there more to say about MailerLite before I just jump ahead here? No, I think that would be, that's pretty much the important aspects. Like I said, I, I'm still giving them my time because I think they've bounced back from that. They've changed some of their policies. But um, there definitely are some quirks compared to when you see something that's very well run and very expensive, like ConvertKit and MailChimp. MillerLite definitely is the soft and fluffy mm. um, rules occasionally, and that can lead to being abused. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, the two other I had on the list was uh, Active Campaign and Infusionsoft, which I we've not uh, I have not used any of these, and I don't, I don't think all of them has either. But um, at least the way I see it, these are very very powerful. It's like enterprise level powerhousing email marketing, uh, and at least from 
came from an author business, I, I, I don't really see why you need uh, so complex systems, to be honest. Uh, the ones that we mentioned here, MailChimp, ConvertKit, MailerLite, they all do what you need to do and they do it cheaper and it's probably easier to navigate. Uh, obviously, if you end up having a fairly complex um, author business, uh, I don't know, may maybe it would be useful for you one day, but that's where, as I said in the beginning of this video, that's where I probably send you in the direction of doing some Google research on your own because uh, I don't think it's fair for us to sit here and speculate on, on good and bads about stuff we haven't even used ourselves, but, uh, but at least know that it exists, uh, I would say. And there is one more that I actually am a member of that I've only used lightly, and that is Story Origin. So we're actually going to talk to the designer of that, Evan, in, oh, two months, I believe. It's going to be a while. But it is an interesting new one that is designed and targeted to authors. And it's it's a lot like MailerLite, from what I've seen, that it's um, very user-friendly. It has a lot of drag-and-drop software. It has a list building, a landing pages. And what's interesting is it is targeting authors. So some of the specifics, like I cannot remember if it's free to start out, but I don't know how many emails you get with that. But it's also interesting is because you can network with other authors directly on the platform so that if you want to do something called a newsletter swap, which is where you say, hey, I will put your book in my newsletter if you'll put my book in your newsletter. And um, you both agree to handle that you know, you can do that right on the platform. You get some links so that you know the author, other author is holding up their their end of the bargain. And there are also some book group giveaways. So if you're part of um, Insta Freebie or Book Funnel or you know the ones where you can do book book giveaways with other authors, it's also another platform. So you can question: Do we need another book giveaway platform, another news swap platform? Because there's a lot of those. But it is interesting that Evan has designed that all with um, within one platform. And so I think, I have to admit, if I was starting out as a new author and looking around, it, I would be very tempted by Story Origin because it is kind of nice that it's all in one spot. So it's just one place to go and you can manage everything and talk to other authors about it. So definitely worth giving, um, giving some thought to and looking into if you're just starting out with your newsletter li news mailing list. But uh, we'll definitely talk to Evan in a few months to see, you know, why he developed it and what his goals were for it. And just talk about the mailing list stuff as well. We seem to have a mailing list theme going for the next few months. <laughs> yeah, I can say. And then just to clarify, when Autumn says that we're going to talk to him, it means that he's actually coming on here uh, on the channel. Here. So so you can you, he will talk to both of us here. So we'll be three on, on the call and. Uh, it's going to take, I think you're right, about two months before we have the slot booked with him. Our production schedule is pretty tight, <laughs> up, as you can hear. <laughs> but, uh, but he will come on here and, uh, and uh, so you can hear uh, him explain uh, about that as well. So that's good. Absolutely. It is too much work to maintain a list, so why bother? Yeah, there, there is something to be said, actually. You, you do have a point, McGrumpy, because uh, maintaining a list does require some work. Um, we talked about the autoresponders before uh, that you need to set up, uh, you need to write those emails, you need to put them in. If you have some automation, you need to activate the automation and so on. So, so yeah, it does, it does require work. Um, but uh, the other thing that we actually have not touched upon, which is I think it's relevant to talk about here as well, um, is 
something that I don't know. Maybe it's a bit touchy. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, there is definitely different viewpoints on it. Uh, so I'll give you mine. And and actually, I'm not a hundred percent sure if uh, Autumn has the same. So maybe she will contradict me. But we'll see. Um, but the topic is around. So when you have people on your list, uh, you will also have some people who never opens the emails and never reads the emails. So what do you do about those? There are those who will swear that you should just leave them and that's fine um, and then there are people like me who will say if they don't open my emails and I'm paying for them uh, be sitting on my list then I will delete them if they don't open my emails I don't just delete them straight outright like that I, I always every three months I will uh, again ConvertKit has the functionality built in so it will automatically tell you who the people are who's not opening the email that you're sending uh, so what I do is that every three months I send uh, those people an email and say just something simple saying like okay I, I've noticed that you're not opening my emails and if if you're not interested anymore that's cool no worries uh, I will delete you off my list next week uh, but if you do read my emails because by the way it does happen uh, it's because when when the email service provider sends out the email they load in a one pixel transparent image into the email and they track if that image actually gets loaded on the other end, on the receiving end. But when people, for example, have like um, the settings in their Hotmail or Gmail or whatever set up so that they don't, do not automatically load pictures, then this email tracking system will not register that they opened the email even though they actually did. So that's why I send out this email and then I, I add, add to, the, to what I said before and I, I say, but if you are, uh, if you would like to stay on the list, just click this link uh, and then I add an, in a an link uh, where they can click to remove that tag on, against their name that they should be deleted. Uh, and then a week later, a week goes by and then at that point in time, I do go in and then I just delete everybody who did not click that link. Um, and then they're off the list and they of course they can always sign up again if they want um, but personally I just don't see the point in having people there who, who doesn't open uh, and of course what happens as well when you do this is that your open rates goes up because you remove all the people who, who apparently don't read the emails um, but I have to say as well that there are those who swear that you should not do this but that's what I do but I, I actually I don't know if you do the same order I do. I don't think I, I don't do it every three months. I'm trying to do it at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. So maybe every six months. But sort of the same thing. It's it's um, some people use the number on their email list as a kind of a boost. You know, you'll see people vouting, like touting that you know they have sixteen thousand or twenty thousand or fifty thousand. I joined a box set once that had a minimum number of people on your email list requirement. Didn't ask about open rates. You know, if you have 5,000 people that have this huge 80% like, open rate, that's better than having 10,000 people with like a 5% open rate. You need to pay attention to if these people, are, you know, are you connecting with them? Are they opening your email? Do they see you? That's much more important than the number on your list, especially when you're paying per email address or in MailChimp paying for every single person on that, e on that list, no matter how many times they sign up. So it's important that they're active and doing something. Otherwise, you know, if you do care about statistics like that, like what your open rate is, and yeah, you see you have 20,000 subscribers and an open rate of 0.2%, why are you doing all that work for 0.2%? 
you know, cut the dead weight. Uh, I agree. It's best when you send them an email that says, hey, are you really getting this? Because invariably there are these people who it looks like they're not opening them, but they could be your number one fans and look forward to your email every single month. You just don't know unless you ask them and get them to either respond or click on a link that says they want to stay on board. And that's the important thing before you cut them is at least, you know, ask them. That's the neatest thing about the email list. You suddenly have like this core group who loves what you're doing. You can ask them questions, but we'll get into more about, you know, some of the things you can put in these emails. But I think it's so much fun to be able to respond saying, hey, I'm thinking about this title or I'm thinking about this character and actually get people who care about your writing responding back to see, hey, I need a beta reader who wants to sign up and you get people to sign up and it's just fun and very empowering and it makes you feel like actually writing something because they're actually somewhat out there waiting for you to finish up what you're working on. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and I, I read this uh, somewhere and it's been a while so I'm going off memory so take it take it as it is but uh, um, if you I've just I just wanted to to add in that um, if you are let's say interested in so what is we're talking about open rates here and whatnot so what is good what isn't a good open rate what's a bad open rate and so forth if you're curious about it, I read some while back and, and again I'm going off memory here but um, I read that the average uh, industry average when it comes to author email lists is 25 cents open rates. So if you are sitting at 25% open rate, you are on the average. Um, but I will also say if you do some of the stuff that we're talking about here, if you're actually pruning the list of people who shouldn't be there, uh, personally, my list is 60% uh, open rate. And that's perfectly doable. I've also heard of people at 80%. Uh, so it's certainly possible. Um, and to me, that's where you want to be. Uh, I mean, 25%, that's good. No problem. You don't have any headaches if you're there. Uh, if you're below, then you probably have too much de death weight on, on your on your list. Um, but um, yeah, I just wanted to to add that in there in, in case people wonder. I know as soon as people talk about, or as soon as we start talking about rates or something, uh, percentages, and, you know, a lot of people's first thoughts are, so what is good and what is bad? So at least that gives you a bit uh, indication there if, if you're wondering mm -hmm. about that. Um, Absolutely. But otherwise, I, I think uh, we will add the different the links to the different platform we talked about here today. We'll add them into the description field below uh, so that you can click straight from there. Uh, and then you don't have to remember what it was that we said. <laughs> uh, that, that's always helpful. Uh, but, I, but I think in, in conclusion, if I summarize up, up correctly here, Autumn, then I, I think what we probably are recommending is if you're just starting out and if you're on a budget, go with either MailChimp or MailerLite. Uh, if you want something a bit more, uh, with a bit more, let's say, automation and, and you're, you're, you're getting a bit further and you, like me, grow tired of MailChimp <laughs> or something, then I would say switch to ConvertKit. Um, the other nice thing about maybe just as, a, as an add-on as well, uh, the nice thing is also that if you come to ConvertKit with 5,000 subscribers from another list, they will actually do the switch for you. Mm -hmm. So they will take your list from somebody else and transport them into ConvertKit and they will set up all the automations that you already have existing for you in ConvertKit. So you don't even have to do anything more or less. So that's a service that they provide, but you have to have 5,000 subscribers before they do so. Um, but um, 
yeah, I don't know. Is, is that it, Autumn? I think so. Like I said, I would definitely check out Story Origin, too, if I was just starting out, just because it is author-centric, and there's nothing wrong with getting into a platform that is going to help you build your author platform and have good advice. But definitely MailerLite has been surprisingly good at um, working with authors as well. And MailChimp is much broader, but it does have that $2,000 or 2000 email free, uh, which is, I think, the highest that is out there to be able to get 2,000 emails and not have to pay a dime for you know sending them emails. Uh, that's fantastic. And I will definitely sum up what you said before. If you don't have an email list, go get one. It doesn't matter if you have 10 books out, one book out, zero books out. You want a mail list. You want to be in charge of this email list. So go ahead and get started today. It's important and it'll help you sell more books. Yep, absolutely. I mean, the email list is, is the email list is where the money is. That's it. Simple as that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think we we sort of ran a bit longer than we intended to do here. Maybe that's what's going to, going to happen in the future every time the two of us get on one of these. But but hopefully you uh, hopefully you found it uh, useful to uh, to hear us just chat about a, a topic. Uh, at least uh, it was it was fun. So uh, hopefully you thought uh, thought so too. And uh, well, we'll see you next Monday. <laughs>